Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Hi, I'm Fazia Costi, and today I have a fabulous guest for you. Her name is Geraldine Mayer. She is the author of Rise Like a Phoenix, How to Incinerate Beliefs that Hold You Back and Rise from the Ashes to Live Your Best Life. After 25 years in the same career within the food retail industry, our guest today decided to take her life in a very different direction and a desire to give back and help people become her driving force. Almost 13 years ago, she she began her personal development journey to upgrade her mindset and her skill set, learning to release the mental and emotional conditioning that was holding her back. Geraldine Mayer is a doting mom of 25, 27 years and a loving wife of 33 years, and now a best-selling author of books on self-help, perspective, awareness, and personal development, along with some help-to reference manuals. She has authored four published books, including an Amazon number one bestseller, and as a successful businesswoman, has run her own company in the wellness industry. As a freelance writer, she has published articles in the Far East, Africa, in the UK, and is sought after as a speaker. She has delivered keynote speeches and has been a guest on many podcasts in the United States as well as the UK. Welcome to the show. Geraldine, Hi, thank it's you, so nice to have you. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. And thank you for I'm the really introduction. Excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Uh, let's start off with just helping our listeners better understand who you are. T- tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your upbringing, because you're not in the United States, are you? Where, where are you located? I live in Scotland in a small town on the southwest coast near Glasgow. And, and you have the beautiful accent to go with it. <laughs> and I have the accent to go with it. Let's just hope everybody can understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I yes, think you speak um, very well, very clear. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, my upbringing in uh, early conditioning, um, I, I was raised in a working class family. Um, and back then, my parents were born in the 1930s. And they had very restrictive beliefs due to influencers and a very strict religious upbringing around that time. Now, because I was raised within that environment, those those paradigms and beliefs and values were passed down to me. And for the very early stages of my life and into teenagers and early 20s, I believed that there was a ceiling on my growth, an invisible ceiling, something that wasn't really, um, I I wouldn't be able to go beyond that because I was in this community where everybody thought the same way and there was no access to anything that was any different. Uh, So it was never anything that you even looked for. You weren't even consciously aware that there was a problem at that time. It was just an acceptance of what was. This was how my life would be. And um, when I left school, um, there was very much this uh, expectation that you would find a job and become independent. And it wasn't really about 
following a dream or a passion or anything like that. It was really just about being able to look after yourself and much less about how you joined those dots. So when I left the school, I entered into uh, working for large um, supermarket chains. And I went right through about four of them, only because they kept getting taken over. It was actually the same company, though. (laughs) And I was there for about 25 years. And uh, the thing is, I think, and most people will probably understand this, see, when you start to follow a particular path in life and you end up almost being kind of robotic about it. It's like an autopilot response. You get up, you do the same thing. You come home, you go to bed, you get up, you do the same thing. And and it just continues on and on and on. And you don't ever really realise that there's an issue with that. You just, you become so entrenched in conformity. And because this is what everybody else is doing. So you're you're just following the herd because that, that's what they're doing. So you're doing it too. But you come to understand, I think, or I certainly did, that there was something in me. I'm a very creative person and I have been from a very, very young age. I've always enjoyed art and music. I've always liked writing and journaling and singing and anything that was creative, that was me. So I was really in a career that didn't support any of that. It was very, no, it didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was very, um, very mundane and repetitive. But as I said before, because of my historical conditioning from my upbringing, I believed that this was what I was destined to do probably for the rest of my life because I didn't see any alternative. And I, w- I was never encouraged to do anything with my creative flair because the way that I was raised... It was always an understanding that you couldn't make a job, you couldn't make a living out of doing those things. That's not how you made a life. You would have to get a job with a boss who would pay you to do whatever it is that you were doing from nine to five. And that's kind of how I fell into it. And and I I stayed there for a very, very long time, probably an awful lot longer than I should have done. And I think I always knew deep in my core that I didn't really enjoy what I was doing because it was always that kind of, you almost feel as if you're sort of stepping through sludge all the time. You're you're not really, you're not passionate about it. You're not excited about it. It's just, it's just something that you're doing on a daily basis to make a living. It's not giving you any real joy or any true happiness. The only saving grace, I think, was I met the most amazing people that I worked with that actually became like a second family, you know, because there were so many of us, there was 250 staff in the, in the place that I worked. So that, that kind of probably made a job that was really not that interesting a bit more bearable, if, if that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see that. Uh, I can completely understand what you're talking about because I hear a lot of people talk about that. Now, I had a slightly different experience growing up. My my dad always told me, you can do whatever you want, however you want it. You can change the world. It was just a very different um, perspective. And so I never felt like I was stuck. I always felt like I truly could do whatever I wanted. So when I wanted to start something, I just, I do it. 
and I'm not afraid to fail. Whereas I, I can see how so many people just don't even see trying something new as an option. So it's, it's fascinating. And, but I think it's wonderful that you're doing what you're doing because it inspires so many people to, to do what you're doing, to get out of that rut, that robotic, monotonous <laughs> job that they don't enjoy. Um, you know, And you're right. You meet so many wonderful people because they're all kind of in that same boat, you know? Yeah. I read, I read, I read a great article, actually. I, I put it in the book uh, about Errol Nightingale, who did a, a, a video in the 1950s. And he was talking about, I think it was like the, the manufacturing age, if I remember rightly, about all these people that just got up in the morning and they went to work and they never ever questioned what they were doing. And, and they just did it because everybody else was doing it. And I, and I think that's really the problem, even in society today. I think so many people are so desperate to fit in. They, they, they do what everybody else is doing and they don't actually look at the consequences of taking a path like that. They don't well, realise think- how, how much it will cost them further down the line. Exactly. You know, as you were talking, I had this image of like coal miners going as a group into the coal mine to, to yeah. do their work. And then as a group, they come out together and it's almost like ants working. You know, they don't really question it. They just think mm-hmm. this is my life. This is what I'm destined to do. And, and who knows? Maybe they are. But if you don't feel like that's the right thing for you, I think it's important to know you have options yeah, and absolutely. that you can do something else. Um, tell us what what made you decide to leave your previous career? What, what made you, like, what was the turning point for you? Uh, well, as I say, I'd been there for, for such a long time. I'd held multiple positions within the company, right up to managerial level. And at that point, my son was 13 and I wanted to do something different. And there was an opportunity to move into HR, human resources, and do management training in that area. And when I saw that on the canteen wall, I thought that that would be a really great opportunity, Fazia, to try that because it's a very transferable skill. And I thought it would have helped me to get out of the food retail environment and perhaps into something else that was a bit more challenging. The only problem was I needed um, my general manager to put me forward for the process you had to get that from him or you weren't going to be considered for it. That was it. That was the, the requirement for the position. But the problem was when I went and spoke to him about it, at that point, I was doing the systems for the whole store. I was a systems clerk and there was only one person that done that and it was me. And it takes six months to learn how to do that job. And I've been doing it for six years. So when I asked him, to put me forward for the HR management trainee program, he turned me down point blank. He, he said, Wait. absolutely, <laughs> point blank, he turned me down. No way. No, I, didn't. I, no. I'm just thinking you had job security, but you didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And uh, he said that I was, um, I was trying to be a Ferrari and I wasn't intelligent enough. And I would, I would basically just be wise to go back down the stairs and do what I was doing because what I was trying to aim for was above my pay grade. Yeah, shocking. Yeah, so was I. It was a long time ago, but it's still, see when I say it out loud, even now, I I think the thing that probably shocks me the most because I've learned so much since then and because of what I know now, I think 
you see it with really fresh eyes and you realise that there's an awful lot of people in positions of influence and leadership that really aren't particularly emotionally intelligent and they can't see um, potential in in their staff and they don't seem to want to help them to evolve or elevate their position to something better. It's, it's. I don't know whether it's it's a power thing or an ego thing, or they they don't want you to do well. I, I mean, I really don't know what goes through an individual's head when they when they do that and they put a brick wall in front of you to stop you from going any further. But that was the catalyst because after investing twenty five years into a company, if you haven't earned the right at that point through the loyalty that you've shown them to be able to get to a different level and take your career in a different direction, then I think at that point, it was like the penny really dropped for me. And I knew that there was always going to be people like him in positions above me that were going to stop me. And I was either going to have to just resign myself to the fact that this was all I was ever going to be, or I would have to take the power back into my own hands and do something about it. And I went home that yeah. day and I wrote I wrote my resignation letter after 25 years. And I walked away from a job of 25 years, a full-time salary with a family of people that I loved. And I just, at that point, I just felt there was no going back. And it's the scariest thing I've ever done because it's, it's not just a case of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, you know, I mean, because you won't let me, I'm going to go and do something else where I'm appreciated. It involves so much attachment and so much feeling and emotion. I think that's probably why a very large percentage of people don't do it because they're terrified. Fear fear stops them because they don't know what's waiting on the other side of the door. You oh, know, yeah, because, I agree. Because <laughs> you're leaving all I that behind. Yeah. I agree. I see that all the time. People just have so much fear. They're not willing to quit a job. They're not willing to make a shift in anything. But you know, those are the moments like the the boss that you had that said those things to you. That was a pivotal moment in your life. I mean, so much so you wrote a, a, a resignation letter, which is probably your first <laughs> piece of work, you know, because you had to put some thought into that after yeah. 25 years. But, Absolutely. you know, the re- the reality is if it wasn't for that man, you'd be sitting in some HR job and you may not still be happy. So maybe he did you a favor oh, and put you, know, you on the I, right path. I wrote I wrote that actually. That was part of the story in the book. I actually put that if I met him now, I think I might actually shake his hand and thank him because oftentimes yeah. I think it's not until you're much further down the track you realise that when somebody gives you a no, it's actually a really big yes to something much better, but you just can't exactly. see it at the time. You can't see it at the time. But but yeah. looking back, you can see it. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah, now. you were being redirected and you were transitioning and it was painful and it was, you know, it was scary. And yeah. at the time, I think when you're dealing with something like that, all you see is the pain and the the fear yeah. But you're right. In retrospect, you're like, oh, he did me a favor. I am now on the right track. Absolutely. And I think it makes you realize at that point, the amount of action that you're going to have to take, you can either you can either accept that you're going to be a victim now and that's going to define who you are moving forward. Or you do, you take control back and you and you start to take massive action because that's the only way anything ever changes. 
and you do something that's completely different from what you've ever done before. And that's like, it's like a light bulb moment like you've never had in your life. And, and you, you know that the only person that's going to do it is you because there's no point in sitting in a corner waiting for somebody to come and rescue you because they're not coming. You, you've got no. to do it. You've got to do it yourself and you've got to be committed enough because when you're interested, you'll only do the least amount possible. But when you're committed to something and a process and you have no longer anything holding you back, you'll do whatever it takes. And that's what I did. I I completely agree with you. You know, while you were talking, I was I was thinking back to something. I saw this, I don't know if it was an article or a video about Elon Musk. And um and and I hope the story is true. I, I read it somewhere. And I think one of the things that I liked about him is, you know, he just has no fear. He's willing to just jump into things. And I read somewhere that, or I think I read it anyway, that he tried to live on one dollar a day for a while. Wow. And he, he did this to see if he could. And I thought, you know, that's brilliant because w- once you know you don't need a lot, you really have no fear. Most people have the fear of losing their home, losing their livelihood, losing, you know, whatever it is they've worked so hard to have. But if you can detach from those things enough to live the life you really want to live, yeah. who knows how far you can actually soar? Absolutely. I think it's... Um... I think so many people, you do get very attached to the material in the world. And like you use that as a measure of your worth and your elevation and how far you've come. And because of the societal structure that that is very evident in a lot of the world, other people tend to measure you the same way. That's how they that that's how they they see whether you're you're successful or not because of what's around you at the time. And yet there's there's many people, I mean, you're talking about Elon Musk. Look at Keanu Reeves. Absolutely. Keanu Reeves is an incredibly successful actor and he's a fabulous actor. He lives in an apartment. He doesn't live in a 50-bedroom house. Do you know, because he, he, he's always saying, I don't need all that stuff. He said, what, what makes him happy and what's evident of his success and what he measures success by is his ability to bring his talent to the big screen and share it with the world. That's what he gets up for every day. And that, right. that's what I think success is. I think success is waking up happy. It's it's not it's not sort of looking for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's 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 accepting where you are, living in the moment, and being happy with the journey that you're on. Because I don't know that you ever really truly truly arrive if you're always continuing to grow. It should just be a journey that lasts for your whole life, and you're always experiencing new things. I think I think that's where the the true meaning of success comes. Yeah. You know, I, I personally don't get that attached to things. I moved from Arizona to Florida and I, I literally put almost every belonging that I had. No, if I did not have emotional attachment to it. I put it out on my lawn and gave it away. I think my neighbors all thought I would kind of lost my mind that week, but, but you know, once they came over and talked to me, they helped me. Like they were actually taking things out of my house and putting it on my lawn. So somebody can pick it up. I said, I just yeah. need to declutter. And I, I don't want to take all these things with me to Florida. No. And, you know, it, it, it was not an important thing for me, even though some of those things were given to me by family members and considered heirlooms. I, it was not an attachment I needed to have. I, I think it's really important to just live your life for you and not always about, I've got to keep this because it's a family heirloom or I have to keep something else because it's worth money. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, it, it stumbles your growth. 
Yeah, it does totally agree. I mean, that's certainly, and um, that was, I think that's evident as well for beliefs. Most people don't realise that the beliefs that they carry around with them every day were put there by other people and someone else wrote the programme for it, like a computer software package that was inserted into your head when you were very young and then your influencers and all the people around about you reinforced that when you were growing up. So then you got to do the work to try to well, yeah, take that, that back. <laughs> program gets, gets completely outdated and you yep. have to update it. You have to yep. make it fresh and clean and new. You've got you've got to realize that you've got to make that what that the program that you were living by obsolete and find a completely new path, one that actually serves who you are now because you're constantly changing. I mean, I'm not the same person now that I was when I was 20. I'm a completely different version of what I was then. And a lot of that's down to the fact that I took the time to do the personal work and the growth and the new learnings. And I released an awful lot of things that were hindering me, that were holding me back from my past and things that I had been taught as a child that no longer resonate with who I am. And I realised that staying stuck like that and believing what I used to believe from other people, I now realise it was nothing more than an opinion and a paradigm that they had. It's not necessarily mine. And because of what I know now and because of what I've taken the time to learn, I realise that I can, I can have my own opinions, I can have my own beliefs, I can release paradigms that don't help me because I know that it's not actually my truth anymore. And I think you owe it to yourself to love your truth and you know deep in your heart and your soul if something doesn't feel right, then you got to investigate that and see why it doesn't feel right because if, if you don't, it'll continue to cause a lot of discord within you And I think the other thing that people don't realise, Fazia, is when they continue to stay on the same path or they stay in a a career that really is unfulfilling and it makes them very unhappy, they touch everyone else with that level of discord. It's not just them that feels unhappy. It then affects the relationships that they have with their partner. It affects the relationships they have with their children, with their friends, even with somebody that cuts them off in traffic. Because it creates oh, yeah. this amount of anger and and dissonance and, and they feel as if they're separated from everything. They don't understand that we're all connected because they never took the time to investigate how that is. But when you when you start to do that and you release all the things that have held you back, you start to see yourself and other people and you realise that they're operating from a set of values and beliefs that was taught to them that they maybe right. haven't been able to separate themselves from. And that, that <laughs> I think, is that's what causes so many things in the world that, you know, like racism and all these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. You look different, you are different, you talk different, you live in a different place. You can't be right because of this, this, this and this. And we're all exactly the same. That's That's the reality of this. Well, yeah, you know, I was just thinking a lot of times I hear people say, you know, when I ask them why they do something, they're like, well, that's just how my family does things, or that's what I've learned, or they don't question the things that they've learned. They don't question their family because those are the people they love and trust the most. Absolutely. If I, if I, if I question my family and these are the things they believe, then is there something wrong with my family? Nobody wants to believe there's something wrong with the way their family does things. So it, 
it creates this turmoil inside them. And until they can reconcile with that turmoil, it's hard to move forward. I think what people need to understand as well, though, Fazia, is there's actually nothing wrong with anybody else either. We're not broken. The problem is we're operating from programs that we're not aware of. And I think that's the key word awareness it doesn't mean that you don't love your family it doesn't mean that you don't love a friend that you've been with for a long long time it just means that they are not or have not reached a level of awareness like you're talking about that they even think that this is a problem because they they haven't investigated any other possibility it's like you know it's funny I follow this man called Tom Bilyeu he does impact theory and he's a phenomenal speaker and very motivational. And he said it's, he refers to it like the Matrix, like the movie that Keanu Reeves is in, The Matrix. He yeah. said people are in The Matrix and, and the reality is they actually want to be in The Matrix. They don't. Exactly. They actually, they don't want to be unplugged. <laughs> I agree with him. <laughs> I, I think it's a scary thing. I, like I said, you know, a lot of times people just have this internal turmoil and they don't know how to reconcile that. And so they just retreat back into their old beliefs because it's easier. It's easier to just follow the, you know, all the people down the path into the coal mine than it is to break (laughs) away and not have support, not have money, not have a house or, you know, the fear of not having those things. They may actually have those things, but they might think I'm going to lose all these things if I no longer have this. And that fear is what actually holds them back. I think as well, it's like the higher the higher you rise, the more people are gonna you're gonna come up against people that are gonna disagree with what you're doing, and it's usually going to be people that are in your closest circle that are not going to support what you're doing. And again, I don't think it comes from a place of malice. I think it comes from a place of fear because they don't understand why you're not happy just doing what you're doing. And you don't just continue Absolutely. to do that. Um, so you, you're starting to evolve and change. And a lot of people struggle with that. And they'll try to project their fears onto you by telling you you're not smart enough. You're too old. You'll never make yeah. that work. You know, there's a whole lot of things that they could say. And I it's completely very, agree. It's very, you very know common. We're getting ready to take a break here in just a couple minutes. Before we go to the break, I would love for you to share uh, a little bit about your giveaway. And um, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about your personal development company, Choose to Climb. Uh, If you could talk a little bit about your giveaway. Okay. Um, We, myself and my husband developed the company Choose to Climb um, from a, very, very quickly from a, a blog that my husband wrote years ago. He used to follow a financial mentor and he used uh, mountains as a metaphor to climb your challenges in life. And it was based on um, a a young climber, a 17 years of age, who climbed a mountain in the Swiss Alps, but he didn't make it to the top. He actually died. And he was buried in the village at the bottom of the mountain in the village of Zermatt. But on the headstone, it wrote, I chose to climb. That's what I wrote in inverted commas. And when I read that, I mean, I get shivers when I read it because I just thought 17 years, followed his passion, 
knew the, knew knew the consequences, but wanted to do it anyway. And that's where the, the, the it came from. We now run uh, our club every month through Zoom. It's called Summit Club. And you get one month free to see if the content that's within it is something that you would enjoy. And there's a community of people in there that can help you stay on track with your personal development. And we believe it's the missing link that people need to keep going and to stay supported. And what is the website? The website is www.choosetoclimb.com. Thank you. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com. You can subscribe to our website. I'm sorry. You can subscribe to our Executive Function magazine there. You can also listen to uh, the radio show, the podcast. You can listen to our YouTube uh, channel. So feel free to contact me if you have any questions or if you'd like to be on our radio show. My number is 480-648-1122. And we'll be back after these messages. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Do you dream about success but wonder how to get there? Hilary Caesar and her guests will reveal how they relaunched into lives they only dreamt about. Their stories will inspire and surprise you and ignite your inner sparks. The Relaunch, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. Uh, I'm Fazia Acosti, and today we're talking to Geraldine Mayer. She's the author of Rise Like a Phoenix, How to Incinerate Beliefs That Hold You Back and Rise from the Ashes to Live Your Best Life. Welcome back, Geraldine. Hi, nice to be back, Fazia. Thanks. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying our conversation. So I, I want to pick up where we left off from before uh, our commercial break. Um, l- let's talk a little bit more about 
you know, what success looks like. Um, I think you were talking a little bit about that before we, we took our break. Yeah, no, uh, before the break, yeah, we were talking about that. To me, and I realise success is different for every single person. I think that's really important. I don't think you should measure it on anything external. That, to me, is not success. Success is what makes you feel content and happy because you're following a purpose that's fulfilling you on a daily basis. I think that is what success ought to be measured by and not through material gains or academic prowess or letters after your name or all these other things that as a society we feel puts people in an elevated position above where you are. Because as soon as you do that, you're you're thinking lesser of yourself. You're, you're, You're believing and you're buying into the fact that other people can do something that you can't which is actually not true because you can actually do whatever you want to do if you're prepared to put in the commitment and the time that it's going to take you to learn whatever skill it is that you want to do so that you can be so that you can be proficient at it. And to me, that's what success is. Yep. I I agree with you. I I think it's, uh, it's fascinating how we get caught up. You know, the media tells us, you know, in order to be successful, you have to drive, you know, the fancy car or the fancy, or you have to have the fancy car and the house. Whereas, you know, when you really think about it, do you you really need it to be happy? It might be nice. I mean, truly, it's not a bad thing to have those things. No, it's not. It's It's just, it shouldn't be what makes you happy. It should be more internal. Yeah, it shouldn't. I don't think that should be ultimately be the goal. I think the goal is how you feel as a person, as an individual. And I think that the most important thing is contribution and curiosity. I think it's similar if you have to, the, to yeah, sorry. it's similar to to having a goal to be successful. You can't focus on just being successful. No, you have to be. You have to focus on being good at what you're doing, and Absolutely. then the success comes. And I think sometimes people get a little confused as to what should come first. Yes, so definitely. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. I, I really <laughs> appreciate that. I want to backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit about what inspired you to be a writer. What, what took somebody who was in the food retail industry to become a writer? How do, I mean, that's a big jump. It's a huge jump. Um, it's funny because when I, when I left, like I told I, I, in the first half of the, of the program, um, when I left my job, in, in the supermarket, I actually decided to go back to school and I retrained as a complementary therapist at 44 years old. And I went and I done that. But because I chose it and because I enjoyed it, it never, ever felt like work. And it was a completely different experience from school because you're doing a lot of subjects that perhaps you wouldn't choose. Um, so I graduated from there and started the business straight away and it took off like a rocket. It was amazing. There was a huge demand for what I was doing. And because I was doing talking therapies, because I also had done counselling and psychology, so I offered both things to my clients, uh, I discovered that they had a lot of challenges uh, and a lot of them were, were, they weren't that dissimilar. They were manifesting in different ways, but a lot of the challenges were the same. So uh, I decided to start writing blogs and I wrote a lot of things on uh, my Facebook page, a lot of positive things that were referenced to some of the challenges that I was listening to on a daily basis in the hope that whoever I wasn't treating, I'd be able to reach them 
and touch them in a way that it might it might give them a moment. They might resonate with it. And because I was doing that, I started to receive private messages from people asking me to write a book. It was really bizarre because this has never happened to me before. But again, I, I think it's I think <laughs> it was it's meant very, to be. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very synchronistic. I think again, it's that universal nudge saying this is actually what you're supposed to do next. So um, yeah, and and people that I was meeting down like in public, they were saying like you know they were saying it to me as well. So after about six times, I I started to think this is this is really bizarre that people keep doing this because it was it was so. <laughs> it was, okay, it was let's very, tell her again. hear us. <laughs> it was very surreal. So I decided in 2017 that this was what I was going to do. So I opened up my computer and away I went. And I published, no, sorry, 2015, I published the first book in 2017, December of 2017. And I have never looked back. I've, I've just kept writing ever since then. And I felt that I had a, it was something that I, I, I probably had a natural talent for it when I was at the school because I had a teacher that told me I did. And I never paid that much attention to her because, you know, I, I didn't want to make a living doing that. I wanted to like, be a hairdresser or do something <laughs> so I think when you're 17 perhaps you can't see you, you can't perhaps see the gift that's evident to other people that have more life experience but because you're so young you, you're not fully aware of it yourself and it, it took me another like three decades to find it <laughs> so, so so if you were going to give yourself advice what advice would you give your 20 year old self my 20-year-old self, what advice would I give? I would say, don't be frightened of anything and do what you want to do. Because if you can actually be successful doing something that you don't like, imagine how fantastic you could be doing something that you love. That's what I would tell my 20-year-old self. (laughs) That is fabulous. That is actually fabulous advice. Um, Yeah, that is absolutely fabulous advice. Uh, tell, Tell us about, like, most people feel like they're in a rut. Uh, tell us about the rut most people feel like they're trapped in. Let's talk a little bit about that. What does people, that look like? It, it looks like conformity. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like a square peg in a round hole. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to fit into the hole. I don't, regardless of what that is, I'm going to violate my own values. I'm, I'm going to ignore what my internal soul is telling me. I'm going to do what everybody else is doing because the a basic human need and function is to be liked, to be accepted, to have friends, for people to invite you places. And it and most people don't want to step out of that box because, like you yeah. said earlier, they believe that they will lose all that, will fall away, and they'll be left out in this branch somewhere on their own. But what they don't realise is when you actually make the jump because you have been trapped, what you actually end up drawing to you is an awful lot of people that are the same as yourself. And when you actually talk to them, they elevate you, they encourage you, and they celebrate your wins as if they were their own. Yeah. And I, w- I, would, I would challenge anybody who's stuck in a rut to ask yourself that question. If this happened to me, if something phenomenal happened to me today or tomorrow, would the people that I'm surrounded by right now, would they be cheering me on from the sidelines? 
I'm not so sure. You know, I think sometimes that's not the case. But again, you're so desperate to fit in, you don't realise what's what what's actually waiting for you when you step into your greatness and you actually well, follow that calling. We are social creatures and I think we're we're kind of tribal in in nature. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I, I think of so many different cultures that really it not only encourage but insist upon conformity. You know, I, I, you know, there's, I don't want to point anyone out because of public, <laughs> uh, I don't want to be a bad PR person, but I think if you're in one, you know it, you know, it, it's very you know restrictive. That. It's very, it holds you back and, yeah. and you feel like there's no out and it, it doesn't fill you, your soul. It doesn't make your life better. It's just, you just have this feeling of being stuck. And I think everyone can relate to that at some, on some level. Absolutely. I mean, I, I broke away from, I was I was raised as a Catholic and I had to break away from that after four decades <laughs> because, and, and that, that's a that, big, that's a big group. <laughs> that, that didn't go well, I have to say. And I don't, what people need to understand is I have got absolutely no prejudice, no judgment against anybody that follows any structured religion. I was a part of that for over 40 years of my own life. So I completely oh, no. well, the understand. The reason why I'm saying that is, you know, there's so many people that, you know, still follow different groups. They're still part yes. of that, but they have to have some individuality. They have to still fill their own soul. And, yes. and so that's why I was laughing because there's so many people that feel they need to break away, but they don't want to fully break away. They don't want to leave no. their religion. They don't want to leave their family, their friends, their support system. They just want to, they just want to do what they want to do. They want to do what they want to do without judgment, without yeah. judgment from other people. And and to me, that's a big thing because I actually find because of the path that I have taken, I think I'm a much more spiritually connected person now than I was before. And I see people for who they are now and I love them for who they are. I don't feel the need to change them. Whereas mm -hmm. when you, I think perhaps in my younger years, because of, because of what I had been taught, I, I think it did cause a lot of separation in me from other people because I was judging them because they weren't like me. And without being emotionally aware at the time that they'd been raised in communities that were completely different from the ones that I was raised in, but not having any awareness to be able to accept people as they are, just as they are, without any requirement to change them. That has been a process for me. And I feel I'm getting there. And I and I don't I don't like labels and I don't like you know, I'm this and I'm this and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that's helpful. I think just love the person for who they are and what they bring to the table. And if someone's nice to me, I'm going to be nice to them. And even if somebody isn't nice to me, I'm probably going to be nice to them anyway because I think that's uh, that's a sign of a good character in a person when you can Absolutely. do that when, when you can separate people from their script from from what they've had in their past when you can separate a person from that and choose not to judge them and love them anyway I, I think that's probably where we should all be trying to go uh, because I think that's the reason for so much dissonance and discord and war and and arguments because people always believe that they're right and I think you don't need to have that you don't need to be right you just need to accept accept what you don't understand because you don't you only get a snapshot of a picture 
you don't know somebody's whole life. You don't know what's going on on either side of that. So it's more even that, the five minutes before they came in. I, I, I yeah. read the story one time and it was this little girl and she, uh, she came to school and I, I, and the teacher said, why are you here? You know, because the teacher found out that the little girl's parent, mother had passed away the night before. Okay. And she said, well, I didn't know where else to go. You know, you have to belong somewhere. You have to fit in. That's so it. that's probably where she you, felt but, the most safe. But, but what the point is, you know, you don't know what someone's dealing with when they're there in front of you. So you have no, to you be don't. kind about it. You don't know what just happened. Yeah. You know, it, I, it could be a very sad story. It could be a really fun story. You just don't know. I certainly discovered that, Fazia, when I became a therapist more than eight years ago. It mm-hmm. gave me a completely different vantage point from what I'd had prior to that. And for people to be able to trust me enough to share some of their deepest challenges and concerns and issues with me, it made me see the human condition from a completely different stance and it, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully helped me to understand that the way that I saw it prior to that wasn't correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't correct. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't neutral. It was bias. Exactly. And I think most of us do have a bias. I mean, we're human. Yeah, we're human. Bias. How can someone who's always, who who has challenges, reach a new level of awareness and change their lives? First comes through personal development. First and foremost, you have to change your mind. And you do that by changing your thoughts. And you become aware of any thoughts that are inside your head that are negative and we're all doing it. So talking about self-talk and uh, the other two books that I wrote are full of things like affirmations that go along with passages and people talk about positive affirmations, but you're actually affirming things to yourself all the time, right throughout the course of the day. And most of the time it's not helpful. It's usually negative and it's usually coming from paradigms and beliefs that have been placed there and they've been there for a very long time. And you're talking yourself out of things because that's your conditioning. It's your conditioning to do that. And in order to overcome those things, you have to study, you have to do personal development and you have to learn about the mind. You have to learn how your mind operates and how it will trick you. It will trick you into going back to habitual patterns. And the only way that you can get beyond it after the age of seven is through repetitive action. That means you need to do it many, many, many times. And I'm not talking for a couple of weeks because that's what most people do. And then they say it doesn't work. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, it takes I'm a long time. About, I'm talking about making it a part of your daily schedule and, and it becomes a part of your life, like brushing your teeth in the morning. And it's something that you do and it's non-negotiable because it's the only way that you grow new synapses inside your brain that actually cause you to to deflect more and more and more to the new program over time. So what you'll do is you'll become more aware when you're putting the brakes on and you'll realise that you're doing it and you'll say, you know, wait a minute, I've done that in the past. It didn't work. I've got to take a different option. I've got to take a different path and I'm going to see what happens when I do. And, and that's how you evolve as a human being. You have to be prepared to do the work and it's going to take time because that's been in there for a long time. But it's very, very worthwhile. And I agree. you and I are you and I are evidence of this. 
Absolutely. Uh, well, I know I am. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I, I, I am constantly working to evolve and change and grow. It's yeah. what I focus on primarily every day. Um, let's talk a little bit about your book, Rise Like a Phoenix. Um, in your book, you explain how to understand your beliefs better and how they can enlarge your problems or give you inf- infinite possibilities for, for solutions. Yeah. Um, how, how can our listeners choose the solutions instead of maybe the problems? Well, I think you choose the solutions by becoming aware of repetitive patterns. That's the first step. The ones that have given you the same results, Fazia. And I think in order to, again, to choose the solutions, you have to be prepared to take a different option every single time. Not the same thing all the time. Don't keep doing the same thing. That's insanity. Is that not? There's a good (laughs) saying for that, isn't it? Do the same things over and over again. That's insanity. But you need to invest the time and into the personal development of yourself. Otherwise, you'll stay paralyzed. And you'll wonder why you can't manifest the life that you want. Because you won't, you won't realize that you're addicted to, this, to a certain chemical response that comes from habitual patterns. You become addicted to it because it feels familiar to you. It feels safe to you. It's not scary for you. And in order to succeed at anything you're going to have to accept that failure is going to be part of that process it's going to be in the narrative you're going to have to fail in order to succeed and in my experience I I have made many many mistakes across this journey even after I left the supermarket and I stepped onto a new path I have come across many hurdles many challenges in the shape of people circumstances events things that didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. But each time it happened to me, I took the time out just to sit and say, right, what do I really want to happen here? How can I get the answer that I want? Because there's no point in me doing what I used to do because I've done that for 40 years and I have proved beyond a shadow (laughs) of a doubt that it doesn't work. So I don't need to do that anymore. What I need to do now is take massive action, even Get in tow with other people that are similar to yourself. I always find, you know, strength in numbers. If you've got an issue or a problem, I can guarantee you there's a person out there that's already been through it, that knows the answer, that knows how to find the way forward. And if you can talk to somebody, a trusted advisor or somebody in your circle that you trust, two heads always better than one, isn't it? Well, in this day and age, there's so much information out there. There's so many professionals out there. There's really no reason why you can't find somebody to help you with what you're trying to do. Uh, We have four minutes before we we close the show. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Fabulous. Thank you too. Yeah. I want to spend the last couple of minutes talking about your, um, you have three new books. Um, Would you like to tell us about what those books are about? Yeah. The, uh, The first one is Rise Like a Phoenix which is this one that you have. And that actually lays out the foundation for how to change your beliefs and how to release things that hold you back. Now, you need to read that book first because that gives you what you're going to require before you step into the other two. Now, the other two have got 100 strategies within the pages. Hang on a second. I don't think I've got one here, actually. Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
Hang on, I have. All right. <laughs> I have, I have, I have, I have. Okay, right. See. Okay. This is yeah. this is this side is the passage. This side is a quote, a positive affirmation, and down below is the strategy. Okay. Now, on both of the follow-on books, they each contain one hundred of those. So you, it's like a a dip in and out. It's like a, uh, what would you call it? A reference manual, okay, for challenges, Perfect. for challenges you might come across in your life. They might not all resonate with you right now, but there's two books, so there's 200 things in them when you couple it all together, along Perfect. with the, find, the foundation that you need. So in my opinion, it's a toolbox. Go Perfect. to the ones, go to the ones that are resonate with you, underline them, mark them, apply the strategies to change your life, because once you've read the first book, you'll know how to. All right, and then one one last time, let's talk about the giveaway. What is the website for your giveaway? The website is www.choose2climb.com. Inside that, you'll find a myriad of resources that you can, you can get a hold of right now. There's my amazing life plan that's a downloadable workbook. That you can work your way through, and it'll give you clarity and perspective so you can start right now. The first month is free, and we'd love to see you inside the community. Wow. You have such wonderful things. And thank you for that giveaway. Um, I want to thank my listeners for listening. Um, Without you, this show would not be possible. So we really appreciate you. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. On my website, you can access the radio show. You can access uh, my YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our uh, new magazine, Executive Function Magazine. Uh, we launched this magazine in January, and um, I believe it's very successful. So if you'd like to get um, previous copies, feel free to email me, or if you'd like to get the future copies, make sure you subscribe, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And um, if you'd like a consultation from me, a free consultation on coaching, or if you'd like to be on the radio show or in my magazine as an author, you can Also, give me a call at 480-648-1122. And we thank you for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.